Access Now 5-Minute Bit. I'm Ralph Seymour, Physician Assistant in Emergency Medicine and Critical Care. Today, what we're going to talk about is another installment of our DKA series. Really, what I want to say is how do I go about finding out if a patient is actually in DKA? Now, the first step that I go by when I look at the patient's labs is it's never the glucose it's never the glucose level that determines whether or not a patient is in DKA. Now, remember this. Anybody that is a type 1 diabetic that has a blood glucose that's greater than 250, and that number, by the way, is controversial. Some people think that you can have a euglycemic DKA, but I will say that my rule is as long as the patient has a blood glucose of greater than or equal to 250, millimoles in the bloodstream, that patient could possibly be in DKA. Here's how I figure it out. The first thing I do is look at the gap, the anion gap. Now, what is the anion gap? It's a really fancy equation that your brain will hurt if you have to try to remember it or memorize it. I'm not a memorization guy, but here's what I am. I am a conceptual learner. And if I can understand what is going on, then I won't have to memorize. And a lot of people are the same way. So here's what I want you to remember about the gap. If the gap is high, okay, higher than 12, that means there are things in the bloodstream that do not belong there promoting an acidosis. Now, when the gap is higher than 12, Let's just say the gap today is 22. That means that there are 10 millimoles of acid somewhere in the bloodstream. We have to identify what those things are, okay? Because it's not going to just be hydrogen ion. It's going to be things that are promoting hydrogen ion, okay? It could be lactic acid. It could be toxic alcohols. It could be a variety of different things, and the, and the subject matter that we're talking about right now is actually ketones. Ketones make up that gap higher than 12, and that's what you really have to concentrate. That's what I start out by doing, is I look at the gap. If the gap is elevated, the first thing my brain does is figure out why. Then I look at the bicarb. How low is the bicarb? When I say bicarb, it gets reported out in the venous sample in the CMP or BMP as CO2. Now, if you're smart and astute, you'd probably think, well, CO2 is not bicarb. What the hell is he talking about? It's reported that way. That's how it's reported. CO2 and bicarb are the same thing in venous blood in terms of the value in terms of the value, okay? So that's important to understand. First, look at the gap. If it's high, you have an acidosis. Have to figure out what that acidosis is, okay? The next step is look at the bicarb, okay? Now, the third step, a very important one, is then to get a pH. Now, the rest of the blood gas is not as important as what the pH actually is, but you don't need an arterial blood gas to figure this out. And, you know, we can do a separate five-minute bit on the difference between a venous blood gas and an arterial blood gas, but I think what you need to take from this podcast is that a venous blood gas is going to give you all the information that you need from a metabolic standpoint. You don't need to know how well the patient is oxygenating because the patient 
has saturations at the bedside. If they're hypoxic, then yeah, it matters a little bit. If the patient's in respiratory failure, okay, fine. But I really only need to know what the pH is. And the pH in venous blood and arterial blood are going to be very similar. And that's what I need to know. So then, once you get the pH, you pretty much have the diagnosis. So the first step, I'm going to go back through it because I think repetition, repetition is key. The first step is figure out if the patient has a positive gap. Positive gap means an anion gap greater than 12 millimoles in the bloodstream. Anything greater than 12 means it ain't supposed to be there. But you have to figure out as the clinician or the nurse, what is it in the bloodstream that's causing the acidosis? Because everything greater than 12, it's telling you, I'm not supposed to be here, but I'm here and I'm hiding and you can't figure out what it is. But, you know, if you want to really get into metabolic acidosis, you can remember a mnemonic called mud piles, which I'm going to ask you to look that up. But that is one way to figure out what's making up the excess of anion gap. The next thing you do is go to the CO2. It's usually going to be low. When it's low, that's a problem. Okay, the next thing you do is get a venous pH. Get a venous pH and then you have a diagnosis in the setting of a patient that is a type 1 diabetic with a blood glucose greater than 250. And again, that 250 number is it's sort of arbitrary and it's controversial, but that's the number that I use. I'm not telling you what to do, but I am saying that this is how I do it. This is Recess Now, 5-Minute Bit. We'll see you next time.